Thank you guys for tuning in to Jams with Jay, where we interview uh, local musicians, uh, artists, entrepreneurs, uh, everything in that nature. Uh, today, we have uh, another special guest from the early band, uh, Trevor McDonald, out of LaPorte, Indiana, born and raised. Uh, he's the lead guitar player, vocalist, and backup vocalist of uh, that pretty sweet folk rock band. Guys, we're listening to Jams with Jay. We're back here with another special guest from the early band, Trevor McDonald, uh, out of LaPorte, Indiana, born and raised. Uh, he is the lead guitar player, vocalist, uh, backup vocalist uh, of his sweet folk rock band, The Early. And uh, awesome band. Uh, I've seen them live. Incredible musicians. Um, now I have Trevor on the line here. How are you doing, Trevor? Hey, great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Loving the Indiana weather, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. As <laughs> it can be right now. All right. Um, so I wanted to get things started here with uh, a little backstory of where you came from and uh, how you kind of fell into music. Sure. Um, getting my, yes, being Laporte born and raised, I actually live really close to uh, the middle school and high school that I attended back in the day. Um, and I got my big start, well, I would say, in about sixth grade, I wanted to uh, do guitar as a science project, actually. It was before I'd ever even touched the instrument. And it was kind of like this way for me to go beyond the realm of just the instrument, but really studying the sound of it, you know. And from there, my dad told me, you know, give me a year <laughs> and I'll do a guitar player. And And obviously, that doesn't mean, like, I was shredding by year one, but... <laughs> Playing, playing every day for a year helped me get an idea of, like, if this is how I want to be, it's going to be my daily life. You know, I'm going to play, like, a couple hours a day and, you know, kind of work on things or, uh, I don't know, learn new riffs, you know, just kind of get, get the hang of it. So, so I'm kind of interested. What, what was the science project, man? So the science project was on... The, the waves and frequency is of how sound travels. And as you get closer to, it's like, say, if you're farther from the neck, that frequency is going to be the lowest it could possibly be um, between your hand, the bridge, and where the pickups are picking it up. But as you get closer to the, to towards the pickups and you have a higher frequency um, that you begin to obtain because of tension and such, that's when the frequencies begin to uh, become more rapid. And this is how my dad described it to me. And, I think it's pretty cool that, like, I'm not even a science whiz or anything. Obviously, I'm a music major, but <laughs> um, it helped. Kind of, like, if I got that interested in the instrument, I just figured, you know what? If I can, because, like, out of that, my, gosh, it's a whole story. My science teacher um, <laughs> was, like, the host of, like, a news show we were in all back in middle school. And I had I had a pretty prominent role in it. I was... I would like do morning announcements and such. And he, he just like really loved having my energy around. And so he asked me to go to the uh, Valpo University like showcase. And I was like, man, if I can make that here with my guitar, not even being able to play it yet, who, who can say where I can go when I'm going to be able to play this instrument, you know? Right. And I, that's partially why I'm here right now. <laughs> yeah, what? Okay. You probably got the highest grade in the class then. I did. No, I got 300 points extra credit. I didn't have to do anything the rest of the semester. Oh. My, my teacher loved me so much, I could have failed it. Yes. 
you know. <laughs> Dude, I've never heard of anything like that before. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and the cool part is I I was growing up a lot around instruments. I actually was gifted my very first one when I was like five no i want to say six going on seven i was gifted it during my sister's third birthday and i if that doesn't say quality i mean because my parents just (laughs) look at my sister and i as equal and it was pretty cool i mean my sister got like this big like rubbermaid house of her very own or something Mm -hmm. and i get like red half-size guitar and i couldn't have been more happy for my sister (laughs) (laughs) you know it's kind of one of those things where Okay, now I have this thing, and now, oh, wow, I got a sound out of it. You know, it's like, wow, dude, what can I really do with this, you know? It was a, it was almost like a disciplinary thing for me, too. My dad said, the moment you can play a whole tune is the moment I'm going to get you a pedal. And, like, from there, it was like, oh, one tune, I'll learn I'll learn a whole album. You know, I, it doesn't matter to me. I'll learn anything if, if, that, if it's going to help benefit me, you know. And that was always my view with playing was I, I'm going to do this for me and it's going to get me far. And I don't think it really hasn't like, you know, it's really helped me get places. Right. So. And yeah, that, that's that's one thing that I enjoy about music, too, is I get to meet new people and yeah, and talk to new people. And, you know, all, everybody's story is so much different. That's the thing that I can take away from those podcasts is that I get to meet so many people. And yeah. You know, I do play guitar, too. And uh, Yes, yeah. Thank you for sharing some of that uh, with me, those instrumentals. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, my side project. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, exactly. that's exactly how I'd put what I'm doing right now as well. And really? My band respects me for it big time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I stumbled across, oh, gosh, what was it? I stumbled across the video, and it was like, uh, I was on YouTube. And I was scrolling. This was probably like mid-December, early January. And I'm scrolling through. Uh, for, oh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I have started my own production. Uh, it's called J Productions. I make like beats and songs and stuff like that. If you're interested in that, uh, hit me up and you know, see what we can do. But anyways, I found this video and it said uh, four producers – Take one song sample and uh, see how different each one is, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've yeah. ever seen it or not. Uh, but that, for some reason, I was like, wow, dude, like all these people's beats are so much different. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, where would mine stand if I were to make beats, you know? It's a good, I, I like that because you're right. It, it, it's like, that's the moment that a producer or a person that really wants to be musical can have their own take on like an entire like production altogether. I, I myself like will write every part for a tune. But if I sample something, you're right. I'm not going to sample it the way you're going to sample it. You know, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, and it great. really does get the artist's like personnel feeling like hearing you with your production says like, this is what you want to convey as like a whole musical uh collaborative of these different wave sounds and samples oh yeah and i mean you've been all about the wave sound since uh you know middle school huh yeah 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 uh (laughs) yeah um 
So have you always made your own uh, beats like that, or how'd you get into that? So with my upbringing, and I got to admit this, I I, got to really pay ode to the church with this one, because if I wasn't out playing with, you know, like my Agape Christian Church youth group and then my um, service, like my main Sunday service, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be half the musician I was today because that's really where I can say that, like, I was able to get real performance practice with real musicians. Um, so we had this youth group and I, even when I just started in sixth grade, they needed me to start playing. Like the <laughs> other guy was just heading out of high school. Funny thing is he works at Roxy's where my dad works. Awesome. <laughs> no. Your dad works at Roxy's? What? <laughs> yeah. My dad's the manager there. No well, way. The, um, the assistant manager. I tell people that, and they immediately just assume, oh, he owns it. He <laughs> he owns it all, man. It's like, no, nah. but he definitely he definitely works and gets a lot of respect around there. So You know, but, my dad's yeah. a drummer, so every oh, – right. so this was probably, like, back in, like, middle school. Yeah. Um, I didn't really play anything, but my dad always needed drumsticks because he was always in band, and the only place that he would go – was Roxy's for the longest time. Yes. Yes. Um, that is, I've never seen a place like this. And it's a beat, like, dude, honestly, in the town that I'm in, if anybody knows what Laporte even is, like, <laughs> why, why is Roxy's in the middle of the town? You know, it's just far beyond anything in the town. Like, this one's just, it's like beautiful personnel. I, my fine instruments are from there, you know, like, I, I'm blessed to say that I'm, I've grown up in this town just for <laughs> Roxy's because it's helped benefit me a lot. I, I worked and taught there for a while, uh, guitar lessons, like from the time I was like a junior until I went to college. So so were you ever in there um, before that, like when they had um, they had a stage set up with a drum set on it? Were you were you around for that? Um, are we talking in that old movie gallery or in the like the uh, what I want to call it, the consignment section or whatever. I think that's the only place I could think of you're talking about. So in Roxy's, there's like a drum section? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of sad, actually. It's not their their strong point, but it yeah. It used to be their strong point, believe it or not. What's that? It used to be their strong point, believe it or not. You're right. No, you're right. Um, I've talked to drummers in particular. No, yeah, I even have pictures of me on drum kits that just aren't there anymore, you know? Yeah, they took them away. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about all that, man. I, I, I don't don't take my word. I don't know what happened with that. Um, I, I guess I think there. people abused, abused it. That that's what I think it is. Well, you hand a drummer the sticks. He's gonna want to hit it on something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's these beautiful kits everywhere. You know, I I completely would understand that. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, so now you said that you your dad was going to buy you a guitar once you learned a, a song or Edel. two, right? Oh man. Yes. Yes. So yes. what, what song was that? And, and how did, how did you go about bringing it up to him? Like did you run the room and were like, Hey, you know, I got this tune down. So I now live in where my grandparents used to live, but we had this house down the street and, um, I want to say between the basement and my room, anytime I would come home from school or had free time on the weekend, 
um, it, it was always like it was it was smoke on the water. By the way, <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> he taught me in a really cool way too. He taught me with the two middle, just the middle strings open. So DG, you would just play that open, and then on the just dance around on what that third and fifth fret. Like that was the f- he was he was even giving me the benefit of the doubt by not even making me do any like actual bar. <laughs> and I pay him I pay him respects for that because I learned it a different way, and retaught myself later. And still like to pay ode to that way he taught, you know, it's like something that I can say that that's a really personal way of how I got my start, you know. Um, and I don't know how I can't really recall how because that pedal is long gone now. I can't even recall how these the chain of effects went. But he got me one of those like zoom multi effects pedals that just had two like forward and backward. And it would have like sounds that didn't correspond for crap like next to each other. <laughs> My dad, my dad will definitely be like, yeah, that was, it really was what got me my first bit of distortion on my very own, you know? And once you get distortion, you never look back. Oh, yeah. No, my first full tune was Joker and the Thief by Wolf Mother. And that was, that was a fun time, like learning drop B and all that. I just started messing. Uh, I actually met, uh, actually, I think I'm going to bring him on as a co-host, Damian Ward uh, out of Michigan City. Oh, um, yeah. actually, I met him because yeah. he had commented on my my Facebook page for Jams with Jay, and he said, uh, "I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, um, it means a lot." And I actually met up with him. Um, yeah, he lives relatively close to me because he's he's a musician. All um, he's played in band. He comes yeah. over and he's playing like e standard. Yeah. Or D- I didn't really mess around. He comes over. He's in drop C the whole time. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do I do that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he started messing around. And uh, he teaches me some intro verse to uh, one of the other songs. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you know, we clicked. And I think I'm going to bring him as a co-host because I, I really appreciate that dude. And, uh, yeah, you know, drop tuning is a whole another ball game, dude. And it, it it all depends on the guitar. I my biggest issue is holding that intonation. <laughs> depending on the instrument, mm. you'll lose you'll lose tuning a lot easier, and it's harder to tell because you're not. I, I myself, the only time I hear like drop C is like country music or like if I'm bumping some old like <laughs> metal. But <book. laughs> um, yeah, that's I'm glad that you got that exposure. They they call that what whole step down drop D. Yes um or like half step down yeah it's funny how they just kind of all just call it drop d you know <laughs> no matter what key you're in and it worked we vibed and dude you know what i never met him before and we played for four hours straight and just oh. perfect sync yeah that i mean it, when it gets when it feels right you just don't want to leave that room sometimes you know what i'm saying like some sometimes it just feels so good. You're like, man, I just want to live in this musical element for a second. You know, it, it's so, honestly like a world away from, oh yeah, reality. You know, oh no, yeah, that's how it was with the guys when I first met them. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, so <laughs> we're gonna circle it back around to. Uh, so, growing up, who who were you listening to? Like, who was, like, who are the people that inspired you the most, um, musically? Well, aside from my dad, um, because he was starting to lead 
the Sunday service worship and play. He, he's always played in like little things like jams and um, he was part of like Dr. Groovy and the Soul Surgeons later on. That was pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, um, but other than that, man, I got to admit, I really got to pay ode to Eddie Van Halen that really got my infatuation with like the, the Floyd Rose and like the shredding and like the really the, that heavy aspect of like, I don't care if this is good, like musically, if it sounds good, I'm going to portray it, you know, how I want it. And you know what's what's I love about him is that he actually tore apart his amps. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get the sound that he wanted. It was never oh, enough. No. Yeah. That's a, yeah. It, it's um. I all around man. There's there's just a lot. Like I was just constantly listening to something Van Halen, and it was never like the same thing. It was like I'd always want to find how different every song sounded, and everything to me always infatuated me because it always to me. Personally, it sounded great no matter where I wandered off. If I was in Fair Warning Land or listening to some of the new, like, Sammy Hagar. Um, but, like, no matter what, there was something that all of them were bringing to the table that was so out there and different for the time, but at least in my opinion, that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a kid in the, the late 2000s listening to this, this 80s music, just loving it. You know, I'm living for it. This is around the same time I started playing. Now, did your dad ever have the vinyl playing, and that's how you kind of fell into that? Now, from what I know, my parents, I'm pretty sure I'm a a product of a child that was just raised with headphones on my mother's stomach playing classical. You know, like, from the womb, I've I've been, like, very, I think, like, musically processed, like, to to grow and think that way. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) a very hyper and vibrant kid <laughs> you know what and that's that's amazing you know some people got it some people don't dude i mean sometimes you're just born with it and some people i hear you know like like people like me i mean i didn't start playing guitar until i was 21 right yeah which i mean congrats <laughs> it doesn't matter the time it's great yeah it, you know it, and i've advanced so much and it's like Dude, if I was bred in the womb like that, I mean, I don't know how good I would be, you know, by now. <laughs> I don't know what their goal was, man. I didn't, I don't think I showed much musicality up until then. I mean, I loved, we all, like, because it's gone back to even my grandma, because she was a, a organist and keyboard player for our other church. And we always had um, a stand, uh, at least a stand-up, uh, like, piano around the, the place, Um before I got my keyboard. And so in a way I was a little bit more exposed to piano than guitar at an early age, but guitar was always going to have my heart and dominate what I was going to practice for years, you know? Right. <laughs> and so did you end up learning the piano or no? I, I had dabbled in it. It wasn't something that like I am now after I've gone through like years of proficiency in college, which I'm glad at least I have a, a knowledge of the instrument itself or, because I would have been probably a little bit more lost, but I I never was really going crazy on learning complicated things. Like, of course, I'll know, like, Jump. This is a time before I go to college. I know, like, I know, like, the Van Halen tunes on piano, which is, in my in my mind, if I'm trying to learn stuff like that, even if it's rock, I mean, that's musical studying as much as a classical setting, you know? I oh, mean, yeah. And the I, only, the, the only big difference uh, is really just the the melodies and the chord progressions. Really? There's like in piano, there's like suspended and ascended <laughs> and, and this <laughs> and that. Um, in rock music, I, I don't think there's very much of that, is there? 
I know what you're saying. No, um, depending on the song and the, the the person that's portraying it. In like, if you're talking the real nitty hard rock, you got the five chords, and that's probably about it. You know, you got the basic bar chords and maybe a minor seven to go go a little out there, but <laughs> it's yeah. never. And with classical, you know, I I actually listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, yeah, I was listening to um, Nebula podcast. And, okay. and they were interviewing um, the piano player for the Chainsmokers. Oh, okay. And he said that he had went to school for classical piano. Yeah, yeah. The, usually, these musicians in the realm of musicianships, they they probably need to be trained, you know, especially at that level. <laughs> yeah, and it was crazy because he was explaining all these things. Um. You know how you you were explaining like the sound waves and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he was talking about how he he kind of is glad that he went to school for that because he incorporates classical chord progressions um, into his music. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. you actually listened to the Chainsmokers, but I, you know, I can say proudly I'm not the biggest fan of the world, but like. I do know of them, and I do know that they have a lot of respects with the younger crowd, you know. Oh, um, yeah. And whether they – I mean, they get they get bashed on pretty hard about their musicality, but, like, at the same time, they made it. And my view is, like, if you're making it as a musician, I don't think you have any, any room to be bashing them. <laughs> you yeah, know? haters are going to hate, man. You yeah. just got to keep away that negative energy. Exactly. Um. And I, I like that view a lot because I'm jazz trained as well. This this actually came within two years of me starting guitar. I hopped into the jazz band. Um, oh, yeah. And that's when I, I, I separated myself from the, the bar chord playing shredder to I'm going to start learning sevens and nines and how how uh, like the one, six, uh, five, like four professional sit or i'm sorry the one six uh two five or the basic like blues and this is where i'm starting to learn the 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 holes that my dad was willingly able to say like i i can get you this far but like after this jazz harmony realm i'm not too you know i'm not i i don't i myself didn't have any need for it before i started playing in the high school or middle school to high school so that's helped me from then like write tunes you know it's better to have the the knowledge known than to just be guessing like if it sounds um and that's that's i've helped really incorporate that into the sound for our our uh, first album you know yeah and uh that's that's what's cool about it is like i noticed when you guys played you guys had a different sound and i was like wow you know like this sound i was like what is this because i've never heard this style of music before i was actually blown away when you saw us live at the moose lodge right? yeah yeah dude i mean i was at i was right up front at the bar man i i took a video of you guys because i was like dude this is the sickest band i've heard in a long time man thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> it's about me playing this solo and i gotta admit like to me anymore i'll just play something and brush it off is like i was thinking you know i'm go- out of all places that was that one show like i just really felt like i didn't get anything out of it but now that i'm sitting on this podcast and i know that like it was because of that show well, mostly like it makes me feel a lot better about who i'm impacting you know and and to me that's what's most important with my music you know what i'm saying like i don't want to just like 
come out here, give you guys a show and be done. Like if I can move somebody, that's a lot more to me. You guys definitely moved me that night and uh, I'm pretty sure I added you guys and, you know, try to download your music or listen to your music at least. Um, Man, I was blown away for, for weeks. I was like, wow, dude, like what style is that? And I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, then then someone finally, I was talking to someone, one of my friends, and he was, they were like, oh, they're a folk rock band. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dude, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part, I'd say that's that's probably our intersection the most. Um, man, I, I just can't wait for you to hear Ivan's side of all this because... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh it's a it's a doozy uh, um not not even like you know lowballing any of ours but it's it's a it's been a road and i don't think i've ever really cared to focus too heavily on what our genre is as much as just what we all are hearing sounds good you know um, hearing colin like right tune switching towards for the next album or whatever you're like who's to say what next what our next album might sound like i think it's better to leave that open-ended than to be like we sound like folk rock right yeah (laughs) that you know yeah and like i think i think that's what me and my band were trying to decide is like we're like psychedelic rock punk rock yeah 60s 70s garage rock like right country bluegrass like every literally pop punk whatever Mm mm-hmm thrash metal you know it's just like it's whatever we're feeling you know um yeah i was hearing you're wanting to go towards that psychedelic realm and i i I gotta really you know like gosh uh, that's been a big part of the listen like for me has been like you know all those australian artists that are pushing that psych rock realm like king gizzard and the lizard wizard and uh tame impala unknown mortal orchestra like i really like that that sound of the psychedelia coming back oh yeah Certainly an era that I'm glad to say I'm living out right now. Australians are are really kicking it, dude. Yeah. No, their pop scene is even cooler. I it's just I really I really I'm infatuated with how much differently a different side of the world can sound. I've heard a lot about Australia, uh <laughs> actually like within the past year or so. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. No, it's been one I've had to like keep my eye on kinda like softly, like what is going on over there? <laughs> Because everything coming out of there is something that is uh, but groundbreaking. You know, I'll hear this artist from there. And even if it, it's not rock, you know, I, I, I pay owed a lot of different genres. You know, I got my jazz and my and I, in this age, you know, I like to listen to lo-fi. Um, and this artist out of Australia named Taku is just like completely blown my mind with the realm he can get in, himself into, you know, pay, pay respects to like Jay Dilla and Nuja Bess and all this. But <laughs> it's a it's a interesting world living in the music world <laughs> yeah it is like i'll i'll completely agree with you on that yeah yeah definitely i listen to like weird like artists like um i don't know if you've ever heard of together pangea uh i like the i like the concept that's for sure like talking about the beginning of the earth and <laughs> what our solid last of massive land was back then but I don't, under, don't, I don't think I've ever really checked them out before. Uh, they're, like, a uh, really pretty big influence uh, on me as far as, like, like punk surf rock. Like, it's oh. super sick, dude. I love that. Okay, that that in itself, like a, sur- like a genuine surf rock. I love, like, that double harmonic. 
I want to say it's double harmonic minor, but I, I can't be too sure. It's quite the, quite the out there uh, scale, but man, you hear it and you're like, man, I just want to hit the beach and I don't want to just be a punk and <laughs> turn my hat backwards. Yeah, man. It, it just, that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to get all, I mean, they just released a new album and dude, I'm saying, I'm telling you right now, they went off. <laughs> they like, went off on. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, if you get a chance to check them out, uh, I definitely would. Right on. Yeah, the, the the band that I think I've been messing with the most out of Australia recently is this uh, kind of similar to what you're describing. Actually, it's like this surf esque rock, and uh, they're they're called Vacations. They're they're pretty up and coming, I'd say, for the most part. They released like their first bigger album and are touring in the states here pretty soon. Um, so yeah, check out what is that? I think it's called Steady Changes. One of the two by uh, Vacations. They're they're a pretty poppin' band. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they have like 136,000 listeners. Really? Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Good. Yeah. No, I'm proud of them. They're they're that's a great band. That is a great band. That's huge, man. And yeah. They that... only, they released. Oh, they released a couple of EPs. Yeah. Oh, the the, the half of them were just comp. The the album is compilations of all those little releases, you know, and. I think it's just them pushing more towards the States. And I think it's pretty awesome that they finally got out of the, once you get out of Australia and you can tour America, they, that's to a lot of musicians that's making it, you know? Yeah, dude, I would, I don't know what I would do if I was ever offered a chance to tour the world, let alone like Australia is like, I hear it's super cool. That's the goal, man. (laughs) That's the goal right there. (laughs) And so I kind of wanted to circle back around to, um, Let's see here. You were in a couple of bands before. Okay. Probably? Yeah. Okay. I got a couple here, and it, it it um, a lot of the people that were prominent kind of carried through um to future bands. Um, the first one I was in was yes, arranged for my youth group. So that was consistent of let's see here. The lead guy, his name was Dan Drake. He's actually still the leader of like the Saturday night service, he would play either guitar or bass or whatever need be. Um, I would be the lead guitar and then I'd have my buddy Josh on the drums and his brother would play too. We had a lot of these like changing members, but it, for me, it didn't matter, man. I was playing with these live real people. And it, it, through that is where I really got my practice, you know, being able to just woodshed and, and noodle and see what sounds good and see what I like, you know, that's my, that was my first moments of being able to improv, you know? Right. Um, and then carrying on to high school, I kind of was stepping back from the youth group thing. Mm-hmm. And I actually started uh, leading worship for this thing called the fellowship of Christian athletes. So from 2013, 12, 13, yeah, to 2015, I was the, uh, uh, like the music worship leader for the FCA. Um, wow. I would play acoustic, you know, and I didn't know, you know, like I I always like to know how much it's impacted people. And by the time I became a senior, I was given the MVP um, award for just most valuable member, you know, and, and to me that really said something as a musician, like you can make a difference without you overly being so extravagant and musical. You know, I would just go, to these houses and play this acoustic, you know, and play and, and sing songs with everybody. Like that was another side of music to me that I needed to have, like realized was that I could be aside my instrument and still be doing well, something and caring musically. 
So that happened. And then I'm just also trying to make, make things happen with just writing songs. So around sophomore years, when I'm hopping into this little group of super, super musicians, all of them are great people. Um, we called ourselves below 62. That was quite a odd time. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, I got the idea from one of my dad's like glasses, glasses uh, cases or whatever, and uh, we did we did um, a lot of covers. Definitely, definitely more than more than anything covers. But um, that was when I was really trying to push my envelope for my own sound, and I was the even now I was the youngest member in the band, and it, it, we always felt like I was looking at them as equals. Still, you know, I, I don't I don't think anybody like under me or above me and uh we the, the big fallout was really just people going off to college for that one oh. and stuff like that I, yeah yeah but at the same rate like i didn't know how much we were going to hold up it was one of those things like investment is a very true virtue when it comes to musicians and the band and all that but, oh absolutely so at least i got the taste of what it feels like to start a band because it is a it is a hard part um I've only gotten, you know, as far as I've gotten the early, that's the farthest I've ever gone <laughs> musically so far. So, um, and then I guess I was really just getting more involved with the uh, jazz bands. Uh, Cause when, once I got to college, I, even up until like last semester, I would just play with the uh, multiple like jazz ensembles and I would start quartets or trios or even a duo. I'm doing a guitar duo this Friday for my, my class. Oh, wow. I've been I've been more so working jazz and then hop back into the early this past year. Now jazz guitar, what is what is that like? Man, oh man, I'll tell you what that's gotten me gigs that I know I couldn't have had without pro- like years of reading. Because um, I, I mean I could even get into the story about how I met Wayne Newton and I played for him before. <laughs> oh boy, let's hear it. Yeah, well, um, okay, so there. Alrighty, so let's see here. My, my intro to jazz was just learning the basic seven chords. But by the time I get to high school, I like was laying back a couple of years, kind of getting the feel out of what I want to do in, in involved with the school. I mean, I felt very involved already with the FCA and being part of uh, I was part of cross country and track. So I had my, my plate full aside for music already. And this is what I'm picking up in the service as well um, at my church. But uh, practicing jazz helped me kind of gosh, I don't know, really put in my real thought to what I was doing musically. You know, we would we would really have to think through how we were going to improv something. And I remember hearing about it and not actually not actually witnessing it, but like my I'm pretty sure my professor at once gave up all the, the rest of the like band crap because I was the only one that like could understand like how to pos- like properly arrange this solo. And I'm like, man, I didn't <laughs> do this because I'm it. like. Yeah, he, he talks me up like when I'm not there. It's like this is crazy. I'm this guitar player, and you'd think uh, the stigma for them is like these, you know. But I, I tried out my junior year to be on the jazz band, and uh, I was immediately put on the top band. It was like <laughs> I had oh anything. Oh my gosh! To yeah, and it, it said to me like, okay, they they want me. <laughs> they want me. They want How'd me on. Feel? It felt really good because I was, you know, I'm very skeptical with. That, that disconnect of people that play wind and uh, brass and that disconnect between that and, and a guitar player who doesn't have the same bring upbringing and, and musicality um, and everything. And, and to me, I was thinking like that was going to be a big disconnect from 
working with these people. But the moment the music starts playing, it, it really, I mean, I was used to already being this background guitar for, I mean, the eighth grade band, but this band just like felt a lot better. You know, it just felt real. It felt like that real first moment of me playing with a jazz ensemble, you know? And uh, I, that it made me go into the next year. I was ready. I was, I, we'd get up at like six in the morning to practice. Oh my gosh. And I was ready for it. <laughs> it you know quite... what? And it's like, it doesn't feel like, like something that you have to do. It's something that you want to do. It was very true. It, it sucked. But at the same time, dude, like those would be the days I'd be waiting for during the week. You know, I, I never would get up that early for like cross country every day, but I would definitely do that to play some jazz music if I had to. And see, like, uh, you know, the other guys really came from, you know, the, the realm of Aerosmith. Uh, so not I was really jazz. Yeah. Um, now, the, the big part of jazz for me was my grandmother, the piano player in the family. Um, and after she had passed right when I was getting my star. And I feel like that, like, last breath of her still lives in me about this jazz realm that, exists and i um really started man we had this like i don't want to put it like a temp uh student teacher and he brings in this list of all these guitar players all like just jazz musicians you should listen to in general which i gotta say that was the most beneficial little piece of paper i ever had because i just ate it up you know i started getting into miles coltrane was big friends with one of the uh horn players and uh then come like college, I'm listening to Pat Metheny, you know, and that's this guy that can do no wrong. And I'm looking at one of his records right now. I'm looking, I um, just, it really helped me expand what I could do for myself musically beyond the realm of what I was going to get out of playing with people, playing at church. This was like the point where I was beyond that, you know, being able to study it and have like this art right in front of me pay owed a different time you know and you know what and that i'm glad that you actually found like uh like a meaning to right. wanting to learn jazz i mean you said that your grandma um <laughs> went through like the jazz era you know and kind of grew up on that and so that's that's really cool that you're doing that you know in, in remembrance of her mm -hmm. yeah no um, that's a big yeah that's great um, really nice <laughs> yeah right yeah it's very nice very soft i know it's a touching speech but <laughs> it is <laughs> but jazz yeah definitely definitely um you know it, it it sounds so cliche like but i i i love i love jazz man <laughs> you know what actually uh back before 95 99.5 was a uh, country station right or, or was it 90 95.5 yeah no it's one of those okay yeah. I think it was 99.5 uh, FM. Uh, that's all my grandma would ever play was jazz. And yeah. I always wondered why. Uh, she did pass too, but I, I never really got the chance to, you know, she never really got the chance to see me play anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I know she did love jazz music a lot. So that's pretty cool that we can you know, yeah. relate on that level. You say that, and that's exactly what I picture when I think of my grandmother loving jazz. Like, I could say, I mean, she could have probably not liked it at all. She just liked hearing it. But I'm, I'm thinking we're talking almost the exact same radio station. You know, I remember being picked up, like, in really young days, and she would be driving this Mercury Sable with all leather interior, playing this. 
really fruity sounding jazz, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's where I first got my moments in Matheny. I have no idea where, but I could tell she dug that style. And I, I hear songs now, and it's like, it. I feel like, you know, like if my grandma was hearing this right now, she'd dig it. You know, I'm a big Brecker fan, and uh, I have i don't know. It's helped me broaden my taste for what's going to be good and what, what I feel people are putting out now are, is kind of paying ode to the jazz era. I mean, like Wolfpack and these arranged artists that have a great jazz background, like Snarky Puppy, you know. And uh, I'm glad to say, you know, I put some time and effort into learning and just I did I said you know what I don't want to cap I'm just gonna go until I'm breaking these strings because it's the next musical thing I'm studying <laughs> and, and I think um <clears throat> one of the people that uh oh Les Paul yeah yeah he yeah. uh he actually quoted something about uh, how the guitar is the one thing that you can never master yeah well, it's I, I, hundred percent feel that. <laughs> so, yes, and I got to thinking about that, and I was like, "Yeah, man, like I don't think anybody's ever gonna master." So that was like the best thing you could have possibly said. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's because I don't know. I I myself am in that battle in my head. Like, man, I've been at this for years, but at the end of the day, I still feel like I could work on something, you know, uh, and even. Like, my dad's a phenomenal player, you know, and I bet it goes through his head, like, I probably should work on these licks, you know, and <laughs> you're right, exactly. Les Paul is is uh, kind of like the guy that did it right, so I would I would definitely not shy away from that thought of us not mastering it. I mean, I, I'm glad he said that, because that probably just got him a lot of sales. People are like, they're right, I'm going to go get one now and try to master it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, that that was very smart. And it is a good selling company too. I mean, oh yeah, they're doing really well. They make like the like the best guitars in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I just wanted to uh, take us back a little bit. You said that you met uh, who was it? Who who did you meet? Wayne Newton. Oh, okay. okay, Wayne Newton. This was November, like last year, but um, it's at the Blue Chip, and I know you know this because you're from Michigan State. I actually work at Blue Chip. <laughs> okay, that's even cooler. <laughs> so, were you there when that new part of the hotel was yes, there? Yes, sir. I I have no idea what it looks like. I, I was put in, like, the other half, which I didn't know they were separate, and also that there was another hotel, so I was super Nobody knows. where I was going. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I, I'm only 22, so I, I, uh, I've been in Blue Chip maybe twice or three times in my life, and I'm wandering about around this big place uh, with my Fender Strat and my like Line Six amp, <laughs> getting ready to play for Wayne Newton. Which, by the way, I have no idea what I'm gonna play, like hours before the show is going on. And I, I, my dad comes into the room that morning, asks me, "So you're still playing for him, right?" And the moment I say yes, his eyes just, like, shoot wide because for him, in his head, if he was doing that, he'd be panicking, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was. It was a little bit of a play in the head that day for me. It really played out like that. But I think uh, I remember. They treated... uh, it was What's this? super busy, dude. Like, I think I do remember that, honestly. Oh, I worked valet at the time. 
You're, oh, in November? Yeah, yeah. I, last? Uh, not last year, like a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. You said that that was last year? Yeah, this was just November last year. Oh, no. I didn't work there mm-hmm. then. I feel bad. That, that valley probably was fun. That It was a freezing day, dude. It was so windy. Those were the busiest so days. It was, certainly looked like a busy day <laughs> for them. That. It was. Uh, I, I remember it still being popping at like three in the morning. Oh man, I, I didn't know when to go Party to bed. But uh, <laughs> no, it never feels like. Didn't know that there was like a live band playing. But um, Wayne didn't even fly in. It was like one of these like special nights with Wayne Newton. So it's like really low key, chill vibe. But at the same time, it's still gonna be high energy. It's Wayne Newton, and uh, we meet with the, the the music arranger, and he hands us these. Um, charts and this is the first moment ever of seeing this music and we're about to play for this guy for in the next like two or three hours so you know wow stakes are high and the only way a, a kid my age 22 is going to be able to <laughs> hop up and play this music about three or four hours is is because of my constant years of being handed music for jazz and we just sight read through it you know um Thankfully, what he handed me was nothing beyond like a dominant, maybe like, I think there was one small altered dominant chord in there. But the, the, the part of that was hardest was I'm about to play with this famous man in front of probably the most people I've ever paid, like played for. Stardust and, uh, Center, right? And, and the big pressure also is like, he doesn't like distortion. And I'm like, man, I, I, I just hope my sound that I'm already like very used to doesn't, you know, like get them all mad i actually i'm pretty sure i used all the sounds that i used on the early the the first album on that and he loved it he turned to me he was like very good job son you sound great you know very very uh personable man very very happy man um definitely like i mean i know he could admit he's probably seen better days himself but it was uh it was quite the uh experience doing that um so i sight read these tunes like Viva Las Vegas and uh, I did it my way, you know, and <laughs> uh, we end the night and like by the time I get my stuff off stage, that music is gone. I, 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 don't, I, I don't even think I spent like more than three hours of time with that music. Wow. It was the strangest experience, but at the same rate, like that weird touch of fame that I was involved with for a second, you know, and Blue Chip did, treated me well. Um, I didn't have to lift a finger or pay for a thing and um so i you know i i don't have anything bad to say about blue chip because they had they they offered me a beautiful room and uh there was a great crowd and food was great and beers were good you know beers were flowing so oh yeah absolutely (laughs) always so yeah and that that helped me kind of meet some of the local guys that are down to read charts on a (laughs) fine saturday in november but so that was pretty how big was the crowd man I gotta admit, I, I I just remember the seating, and if you know this, the ballroom, it's like the star, the Stardust Room, I believe. Yes. On the far right of the building, when you're inside. Mm-hmm. That's the Stardust, yeah. Yeah, that that like whole place had seating, so I don't know how much how much what capacity is there, but I I mean they didn't exceed it, obviously, but it was a packed show, and it was mostly filled with like people and their. 40s and plus <laughs> you know why so. because they get it for free exactly yeah right yeah they're using their, their senior discounts and- <laughs> <laughs> well 
quite an interesting time being backstage with him. And he, like, these guys are warning him like, man, these, these people give you any excuse. Like he, I, my cousin's sister knows you, you know, like, and I'm like, wow, this is just, I'm living for this. Like, this is something. <laughs> uh, I remember at one point the, his wife, like asked me to do something and I'm like, I'm not helping him. I'm, I'm with, I'm playing with him. <laughs> and it, it was like, it was kind of like a, a interesting tone, but uh, overall, yeah, the, 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 the crowd was excellent. I, 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 like I said, man, I, I, I couldn't, I'll just tell you, I couldn't count how many there were. There wasn't an extravagant like circus of people, but there was certainly a crowd. And so what did it feel like to be on stage with somebody with a following? You really like, I you know before and after the show, it, I my my perspective was completely different, and I think through the music and him presenting himself really like showcased that. It it, it helps me see what a true person turns into when they're on stage, and this man had been doing entertainment since he was probably six, thirteen years old, like really like young, and he was doing shows all the time. So it really got my mind going on how the pros do it. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a pro at this performance thing certainly looks like he's not uncomfortable. And to me, I was feeling more comfort because of that. You know, I, I felt his presence in the room. And I think that's really the thing you want to create on stage is this, this comfort and presence that you want people to feed off of that, that you know, they love. And if you get a laugh out of the crowd, you got them by the palm of your hand. Oh that, that's yeah. Cool, you know, this is Wayne Newton. Like these people love him, you know. <laughs> Everything he says is uh, a loud cheer after. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. And stuff and things and yeah. And you're like, wow, <laughs> this man. It, and it was uh, crazy. Uh, last year I went to the Riot Fest. Oh my gosh! And, yeah, uh, <laughs> I saw Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. How that? How was that? Uh, very memorable for me, um, mainly because of the fact that he is pretty ancient. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, he actually walked on stage with a cane. That's impressive. To the I piano. Say... What's that? He walked all the way to the piano. <laughs> that sounds like a family guy skit, but that's the only part. <laughs> Like it's like, all right, and Jerry Lee Lewis, and he's just walking across the stage with his cane. Man, they, they, dude, they were screaming the entire time. Well, he knew how to feed to the crowd then. That sounds like it. And uh, he played like a 45 minute show. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's, I gotta admit, that's exactly what it felt like with uh newton but it's certain i think it was like a two and a half to three hour show all i gotta say is it certainly didn't feel that long and that's that's an important part is like i'm on stage with this guy like this could be the most painstaking lengthy experience but so when somebody can do something like that i mean did the 45 minutes feel like 45 minutes uh begging for more by the end yeah exactly i mean and and the the kind of fire that dude had, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That's what it feels like when I'm on stage. I just got this burning passion. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and he lit the piano on fire. Oh, I can see why, why you, you were feeling it then. Wow. <laughs> and then he, he had the people help him off stage. <laughs> I think you missed that detail. <laughs> this old man just came up here and demolished things. I got to admit, that sounds like some, 
entertainment and respect all in a single <laughs> clue of things. That's hilarious. And, dude, he's a fantastic piano player, and uh, he's saying the entire thing. So, um, yeah, I give him props for that. That was incredible. That's, that could be very vocally straining, especially after a half an hour where it's, like, straight of just doing tunes and obviously pleasing the crowd and yelling at them and <laughs> doing anything. like. Oh, man, it was such a – I'll never forget that night. Man, I, yeah, I'll tell you what, there are some nights, you know, musically I'll never, and that's, I'm glad that you got that experience, you know, who, who's to say how much longer he's going to go? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, now the early band. Now, I heard that, was it your band that was in the studio, or whose band was in the studio? That was Chris Kangs, he's out in Belmont, uh, in Tennessee right now. Uh, got to meet that guy, like, first time this past summer. And I had no idea about any of this, of course, because I, I, uh, I honestly thought that they had met each other on Craigslist kind of too or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, really, I, my first time meeting them was that time I tried out for them. You know, uh, I talked to Fran first, actually, and I could tell from the moment I talked to him that he really cared about what was going to happen with this band and what. Um, he wanted my role to be and what uh, like I could bring to the table and I heard Fran say like I presented this resume and I remember laying it out because I was in a digital like web design class at <laughs> IUSB. I was I was basically slacking off and <laughs> looking at, looking for bands you know um, I'm not a Craigslist avid user by the way I just want to plug that but uh, <laughs> um, I meet these guys uh, and I just, I get, you know what, I say what, you know, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to send what I have on the table out and I present to them, you know, all the stuff I've said so far and then some, except for the Wayne Newton thing, you know, things like that, um, X, Y, Z. And I get, I get answered back within a couple days and I hear um, this tune that we haven't even started working on after I've been in the band. And I'm like, you know what, this is going to be something that I'm going to really have to strap down and get, get ready for. I remember coming home and telling my parents like, Hey, I met these great guys on Craigslist. <laughs> oh no. my gosh. <laughs> and that's their, their genuine reaction is like that. Or they were like, what, you know, like, they've never met any of these guys. They had no idea what they're going to be like. They didn't know their ages or anything. Um, and it took until probably the first show, you know, or at least the first time we practiced at my house for them to really be like, wow, these, these guys are actually super great. Um, all of them, you know, uh, nothing like these guys are just super. And I, I gotta say, like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to pay an ode to them for a long time. Like, even if something were to crazy happen and we weren't members anymore, like they, these are the guys that really helped me get my, my kick up, you know, in the, in the musical world. So, yeah. um, and then it didn't take long for them to call me back quite a quite an interesting night that night we first really met up and played we we made tread around like an 11 minute jam that was quite the quite the time but <laughs> i just i have a question how did the what, what did you give to them like like how why were you on craigslist and what made you click on the link and like what what did you say to them I think Craigslist came up because we were talking about it in web design class about something. I don't know where. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on here and do my own thing for a minute. Um, and uh, 
what what I don't know. You know, <laughs> it is kind of a mystery to me that feeling of going on Craigslist because I'm not a person that hops on that and worries about anything uh, that often. But you know, if if this if that one time on Craigslist led me to this, there was a reason for that. You know, like I I couldn't have manifested what happened to me and where I'm at like right now. Like half of that's because of the Craigslist. Like just that one day I decided to get online. Right. And. I, you know what? I don't know why, what place I was in and why I decided it would be a good time to finally start jumping into a band. But I think, <laughs> I don't think I was getting enough out of the jazz side of it because I had like a trio and quartet at the time, but we weren't getting like gigs. We weren't out playing for people. We were playing for like the class and school and that's all great. But like, I like to, you know, see and meet people I have never met before. And the first thing they hear of me is my guitar or my tone or something. And, I was like, I got this this tune. I think I, I mean, I, I presented them Tread Around far before it was theirs. Like a song we all have now together. And I think my big drive was, man, I just wrote this awesome tune, but I can't play all these parts. <laughs> I, I, I can hear this and present it to people, but it's not going to be cool until I can present it to people like live. And uh, the speculation starts, you know, people are like, I don't know, is this going to be good? And then they hear us and it's like, wow <laughs> yeah Excellent. exactly that's how i felt when i heard you guys the first time i'm like wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah good that's Dude, what i wanted you know, I, I, because you guys have a, like a like a certain energy and like a certain dynamic as far yeah. as like you all are like out front like um i know colin he uh he has some solos and you know he sings a lot and you also have a lot of solos and you sing as well so i think that that's awesome when uh you know the guitar players can kind of just blend like that mhm um yes uh the i think it's really cool that all of us have writing credits on the album and i even even though we say that and i know ivan doesn't particularly have a song that he's actually written like he's he's been there for this band like since day one so uh and he's just been that foundation to have um and he's i mean fran fran's a solid drummer definitely wants to get more vocally involved and i'm I, I, colin's just this wizard like he he can memorize any lyric I, there's so many cover tunes we can pull out of nowhere just because he remembers them and i think that's a very beneficial thing to have in the band that i lack in because one thing I might lack in, he can be good in, but at the same rate, I can help him guitar wise. And like, neither of us will feel lacking in that, in that, you know, that nature. Right. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like we've really, we're missing a lot for this band. After I think I played with them, they realized, you know, we don't need like these extravagant members, keyboard players, another singer. We just need a guy that can hold it down foundation wise and not like be too showy. And that's, that's a thing for me, even on stage, I'm not this person that likes to dance around and be all showy. I like to just let the music speak, you know? Right. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm actually gonna, you know, this compliment you hear. Um, now this new album that you guys uh, released on Spotify mm-hmm. uh, is wonderful. And also, I'm going to give you guys props for uh, use writing the whole album and not using a metronome during the recording. That that's yeah. really impressive. 
you don't understand how much that that freaks me out when I think about it too. Um, <laughs> the funnier time is this time I sent one of the demos to Trey, and I remember accidentally leaving the BPM uh, metronome on, and it went to it, and it screwed me up big time because like I didn't know how solid we were until that moment. You know, like I turned it on and left it on, and I couldn't hear it in the music when I was recording, and I was like this is insane. Like <laughs> I couldn't, t I couldn't tell listening to my album now that we didn't touch a metronome, but we didn't have any clicks in our ears or anything. Dude, that's, that's musicianship right there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I'm really glad to say that. I, I thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Like not, not a lot of people can do that, you know? Yeah, you're right. Um, the, the recording session, I think kind of held some, easy benefits and at the same rate um created some some like harder parts of the album that makes it more raw um like all of us have those moments in the record we can say like wow we probably could have done better at that but at the same rate it's down it's it's out and it feels so good to realize that and be like wow we're humans but at the same rate yes we don't we don't have a metronome behind it all so we're musicians first too yeah. um and i mean that that right there is how you know you guys click man you know it, it's a totally different setting in the studio as well i mean you kind of get nervous in the studio so that's really impressive that you guys uh were able to do that yeah i i remember um skipping out on one of my family reunions to do this and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh my family still attended it and um, I'm glad to at least present to my family now what I was doing. Uh, they actually, a lot of them got to see me here pretty recently, uh, the Acorn in December. Um, oh, how was that? That was lovely. Uh, the sound, the sound quality. That, actually, our YouTube page is plugged with at least three or four of the video. Actually, I want to say five. It has like the one, like what we got from that was live audio mixed and video from uh, Megan McCormick out of. Uh, I believe she's out of Valpo. Uh, she got like a lot of our pictures for the album, and um, the video quality is great. But the sound quality, like that, I'd say just if you get the chance, check out like One for All Live at the Acorn. That's what that's when it was recorded was in December, and uh, that night was. I mean, it, it's very similar to how terrible it is right now weather wise. Like windy, partially snowy, might be a little icy. You don't know, you know. The and, fast uh, days. My parents, yeah, exactly. My family really put on and came out and they had a great time. You know, it was really just to put on for them and like see what we could get out of the show. And because of that, now we're opening for Rick Nielsen's son ba son's band um, in April. Um, the guitar player for uh, Cheap Trick, his son is like a touring band. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. And we're opening <laughs> for them. Yeah, it's, it's, oh no, it's exciting. I think we're going to, blend with them well that's probably the reason they they chose us you know and also you know it's gonna be uh good marketing for both of you definitely De no yeah um yeah oh, the first time we played the acorn was our own thing and uh, half of that was just our marketing and we we picked up i think a couple fans the first time we were there because by the second time we were the host band <laughs> for the house and everything so yeah um, i had seen that uh on your guys's facebook that one of the videos has like uh, 300 views. Like, congratulations on that. I mean, that's bigger Thanks. than what most people get, you know? Yeah. Facebook, part of it is really helping us a lot because 
any of this, like we can just let it sit and grow content. We just, now we're just throwing stuff out there. It, it, right now it's like, we're in between that stage of, I guess how Fran put it. Like we're, in, we're, we're trying to think of where to go from now, but at the same rate, we still got to push this album. Like, and Facebook's that, that place where even if person's never heard of you, they can just hop on your page real quick, check out a couple of things, you know, and if they dig it, they dig it. So, yeah. And people like to have links to play music that too uh, the on big, your yeah. page <laughs> yeah definitely just in case anybody's trying to make a like a band page or anything that's just a little tip yeah definitely i use a uh, song.link by the way that's a that's the one that like plugs all the different types the issue is you can't do that with albums you just do it by songs so i remember when we had the album come out i just shared the song shadows <laughs> so at least it didn't look like i was just trying to share a random one but it, it then takes you to every streaming services that you could possibly think of you know imagine and i'm glad that stuff like that has came into the world of music as well because i mean that's a lot of people make their living on that you know you're right no you're right um i gotta say you're right on that because i was i'm a product of myspace that was my first like big social media platform yeah. Dude, i, I could <laughs> tell you how many times a week i was changing my top five because I wanted to portray new things every day or like every week. And like, to me, that was a way I figured out how I was going to portray myself is showing what I like musically through a different medium. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's how musically I felt at the time was if I'm going to do that for myself as a person, as my personality, I want to do that musically as well. And yeah, now that we have social media, like Instagram and it's just cool. I just feel like a lot more interactive with our crowd and you can just go and follow your friends, you know, and it'll be this band page and we'll post like one thing and we'll get these likes from our friends. And it it just feels nice that we the area. And so are you guys going to try to tour uh, anytime soon? It's been in the works. Um, we're kind of, we've kind of, and it, with it being the spring semester, this is kind of a far out idea. But we're kind of thinking about like a like a like a college tour. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember uh, Colin mentioning that. Yeah, that's that's been the one that is a good idea for like if we just only strictly want to go for like that age group, <laughs> obviously. Right. I don't, I don't want to shy away from traveling. Obviously, I want people to hear us outside of this state. I think the moment that happens is when we're going to start picking up. So, yes, I would love a tour. But myself and Ivan, too, like, we're, we're kind of strapped down at the moment. I mean, I got college. He's uh, – I'm finishing up here. I'm like, I got a couple semesters left. And Ivan's uh, – he's been working on a visa forever. And I know he just wants to, like, be good at this job, you know, so – we, we got small things we're battling out, but at the same rate, like the moment that we have that freedom is going to be like, not, you know, we, you can't stop us once we're out there. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's crazy because uh, my lead guitarist uh, is going through college <laughs> and so was my bassist. So I kind of understand what that's like. Yeah. Um, it's a hard one. It's it's hard being in school, especially studying music, <laughs> and, and not being able to do all the music things you want to do. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a crazy world, man. It is. It's um, it's a battle, but at the same rate, I 
I, I got to do it. You know, um, the band's the band's still here waiting. You know, we we got gigs coming up here pretty soon. So for right now, constant stream of gigs that we get. And it's all, all looking up from here because the moment that we start getting bigger venues is the moment we're going to, you know, want to have more merch and sales and listens and it'll, it'll help us. I feel like getting the fans feedback is going to really help portray and um, get a good sense of what we should do for album two. Kind of like what Fran was saying, like now with like the streaming services, you can get analytics, an idea of where in the world you're even being listened to. And that's helpful on a, on a map of just what are you going to do if you want to tour? Like, where's your hot spots? Right. Before that, I mean, nobody knew. Like, is it, like is, if you sold CDs, like, that's how you would see it. But even that's like a far out concept. Um, you know, but people did it, man. Exactly. No, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing is you just kind of have to jump out there and do it, even if nobody's heard of you. And if you guys want to do the same thing, uh, that is available on distrokid.com. This is true. This is, yeah, that is, yeah, shout out to distrokid. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I think it's like $20 a year, um, and they pretty, pretty much distribute your music anywhere. Yeah. Correct. Uh, with, like, live stats. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be using distrokid here soon when I release my album. Um, awesome. I'm excited to see how the stats work, man. How, 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 so do you get like daily stats or? This is all questions for Fran since he did it, but I oh, know okay. for a fact, <laughs> I know for a fact with the analytics, they do kind of give you like the two dates. I think, I think they might even have it like Instagram's insights because I just changed my page to a, a business profile and it shows you your activity per day and it'll show you how many listens you're getting each day. And, and Fran's always like, man, we're getting listens. So like, that's great, you know? Um, and it feels good, doesn't at, it? What's that? Feels good, doesn't it? It feels good. Like I have from at least one or two friends that put us in a, a, a playlist and they tell me like their morning routine has to consist of at least one early song, you know? And my parents, I don't think haven't taken those CDs out of the car since, <laughs> since I gave them to them. And that's really touching to me, you know, the support of, of the people around me. Right. It's how I know I can keep going comfortably. Okay. Yeah, I got the playlist pulled up right now. You guys are in here with Stop, Drop, Rewind. They're sick. Yeah. Spineless, Heartless. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear the big news about them? No, what's going on? Uh, I'm pretty sure they got signed. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. It's pretty awesome because... Some of my first gigs were with them, and I and even that Moose Lodge gig gig was playing with them, you know. Yeah, they so played uh, uh, an acoustic show actually. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that, that we we kind of got a laugh out of that, like <laughs> this this like what I would I would presume to be more metalcore punk like esque band. Um, and then the, they're hopping on this acoustic set. I knew, I knew from that point it was going to set a really interesting tone for when we get on stage, you know. And uh, they certainly did. And I, I'm glad, I'm glad to be um, a part of their their upbringing because now it sounds like they're doing pretty well. Oh uh, yeah, they are. And uh, I'm a pretty big fan of Spineless Heartless. That's why I even went there. Uh, right. In general. Right. But you know. I, I like all music, man, and my girlfriend really uh, tries to take me out and, you know, listen to live music and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and uh, 
all I can say is you guys had a had a killer show, dude, and I will see you guys again for Heck sure. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Coming like early spring and summer is when we're probably going to be branching out to places that people can travel and go to. Um, we've been playing this one place up in Dowagiac called The Strand. It's this really beautiful brewery. And uh, we always get that common thing, like, between there and, like, this place out in Gary. Like, there's there's nothing connected to these things. And they say the exact same thing as, like, if we could have you here every weekend, we would. And, like, we love your presence. And I think that's a really touching way that they go about it because they do show it by reinviting us. So um, That's huge. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is the moment that bigger places hear us, who knows where we can go. And I, I'm really glad. For Spineless Heartless, because I, I don't know how much longer I could take playing at a Moose Lodge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moose Lodge is not really the spot, man. Uh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like that gig really didn't feel like I got anything out of it. But if I got this interview out of it, then who knows what gig is going to get me where. Right. And I also uh, I think I'm going to interview them, too, at some point. Oh, you got to. They're busy, yeah. busy bees now, though. I mean. But, you but know, I we talked got a eat. lot with, uh, with Josh and, uh, you know, that, that dude has always supported me too, um, and what I'm doing. So I give him props for that. That's good, man. It's good to have fellow musicians pushing and putting on for you. Yeah. I too, I have musician friends, obviously. Um, it's only, it's only the people that can understand the insanity sometimes and they're always putting on for me and uh they'll be at shows uh like the release gig was that big that big like who's really gonna be here you know what i'm saying like we this album we're playing out of veggie buddies and it's a terrible night (laughs) to have a gig and yeah my family made it out my good homies that could come out made it and it was a good vibe overall and uh yeah it, it it it's part of your following that really keeps you going, you know, like just having friends that are down to listen to you and push for you. That's a big deal in in my, in my eyes. Yeah. And, uh, so I want to kind of circle back around a little bit. Um, sure. So if you were to have like any advice for people wanting to, start a band or start pick up an instrument and even start to play anything uh what 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 would you give my yeah i heard you ask this and i was like oh man this one's gonna be great to formulate because it's (laughs) ever changing for me um and i'm never ever gonna say don't like that'd be a terrible thing to say because anybody can play music and i think that's the the place to start is that thought like if I wanted to learn a language right now, it would just take time for me to do it. And it's, it's what music is, is you're learning another language. Um, so just, I, I don't want to say, look at it like, Oh, this is going to be painstaking. I have to learn so much. I'd say like, take small time, small increments and learn what you want to learn first before you just start learning things to help benefit you. You know, I, I'd say don't start an instrument to like, just have it under your belt i i i i never just learn something and never use it again you know i if i were to be starting the trumpet or the flute right now i'd be probably wanting to be listening to certain artists and finding places i could use that so i'd say 
if you wanted to like just get into music in the first place, you know, have a have a good idea of why you're doing it. Um, for me, like I just love the guitar, and because of that, it's helped me learn the bass. And I only learned that because like the church services needed me. But because of that, it helped me later write tunes and help expand my musicality. And uh, for anybody that's just not too sure of themselves, I, I think I think the biggest mental block is like it's okay to be off and wrong. Like the big the big thing is there's there's going to be wrong notes. Like you have to acknowledge those even in. And and the the beauty is if you can acknowledge wrong notes, you're already off to a better start. You're already <laughs> learning, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you already know what's wrong, it's like you then you know what's right then, don't you? You know. Um, and then when starting a band, the big thing for me is it, it's kind of a hard one. It's a it's kind of a, a mental dance with the rest of the group. Is how serious they want to go and how far they want to go. Um, it, it's really about building a connection with those people i don't think i i would ever suggest just hopping into a band of a bunch of people you don't know you know if you're not confident in your playing yet i don't i i just because like if i were to have go to gone to uh colin's garage with the guys and um performed terribly they probably wouldn't have called me back you know uh and i i i don't know for sure what pushed them over the edge but it, it, it took a lot of musicality for me, I think, to get their way from this guy they have never met. So I'd say start a band with people you know and like rather than just jump into this band that needs you. Um, it, you'll, you'll mesh a lot quicker with the people that you can talk with first instead of letting the music speak. But in contrast to that, if you are picking up as a musician and like have this great understanding of being virtuosic or whatever, I'd say... I mean, do your own thing if need be, but if playing out with random people is your way, find your niche, you know? That, that's a big thing for me for musicianship is just find what you like and do what you want, not, not go straight for learning, learning certain scale patterns and stuff. Like, learn what you want to learn. That's the big part for me for musicians and musicianship. Yeah, like, I, I try to make music that I want to listen to, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I've heard that and I'm glad and it helps me learn who you are, which brings us back to the first thing we ever said, you know, as much as with me for production. Um, so, yeah. And I just wanted to uh, wrap up today's show. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show, um, giving me your some of your time and, and some of your story. And uh, it's been really fun having you on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Jay, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to who who is going on next? Ivan. Ivan, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Ivan. I okay, yeah. Ivan's a Ivan's a good guy. Give us Easy. give us a little tease on who he is. Give us a little tease. Okay. All right, so um and the other members in the band called him silent ivan and i even recall the first time meeting him he was not the he was not the conversationalist but to me to me that that really spoke volumes because i mean his music still shows you know he's really good he's uh he's about the he's i believe he's 26 now i don't know if he's turned 27 yet i don't 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 quote me on these things but uh um he is just really driven to keep learning and he's he's getting more focused in the jazz realm 
And I think him having that education, aside from him liking Metallica and the Beatles and all this, um, it's it's helped broadening his perspective. And I mean, this guy plays six string basses like they're nothing. And he's got he's got the biggest bass collection I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and his his upcoming is, I think, helped me as a musician as well, because it's helped me kind of like bond with somebody just we met through music, but like we can hang out just free leisure. Um, right. That guy, you, you might, you know, like to so some, they might think like, Oh, I don't want to just sit with this dude that doesn't talk ever. But like, that's the thing you talk to them and you get uh, their thoughts out. And he actually is quite the gentleman. Um, I had him play on something outside of the band with me once. Actually, we played a uh, Chick Corea, Spain for like this performance at my school. And because of that, we ended up going to see Chick Corea up in Interlock in Michigan. Um, nice. So, so that's been an ongoing thing a little bit because he actually went and saw Matheny with me recently, too. He took me. He, he That's the that's part of him, too. He's just down to just buy these tickets and go. And I think that's a big thing with with people anymore. Like I, I would I would be like, all right, pay me back, you know, but. He's well enough off, I think, and he tells me all the time how those are some of the best shows he's ever attended was was these extremely like jazz driven settings and he I mean that, that that's helping me a lot grow as a musician is be with somebody that's this driven to want to learn jazz, you know. Right. Um but as a person too, like you're gonna you're gonna I think I don't know, he's just a really respectful man. <laughs> I like him a lot, so. And uh, he's got a pretty interesting story. Um, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna mention it. We're not gonna mention. Oh it. gosh, um, I, I've I've given you a little bit of that, but I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't even want to hint at it because it's something I have no real like weight on. I don't I don't know the history of it. I, I asked him a little bit about it on these long drives to <laughs> deep Michigan, but uh, yeah, definitely definitely worth a listen. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. So right, you guys, stay tuned. Uh, that'll be on our next episode, which is gonna be mm-hmm. the Thursday night. I'm excited. I, I'm equally as excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you listening to my podcast too. I mean, that that means a lot to me as well. Yeah, it helps. It helps a lot get the idea, but at the same time, uh, it was just it's a good idea to get the tone of how it's gonna be. You know, the guys were talking about how laid back it was and. I'm probably going to go message them right after this. Like, wow, just had a great time. Cause that's exactly what, they did, you know, dude, I really, uh, I really can't appreciate it enough. And I'm getting so much positive feedback and awesome. that's exactly what I wanted is, is some positive feedback in the world. You know, I'm tired of seeing all the negativity. Yeah, no. Yeah. And it's, this is a, uh, I'm just glad to be a part of the first season is how you've, you've laid <laughs> me and, uh, um, uh, I think it's going to be entertaining to see what happens next season. And who's to say bands don't start reaching out? I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, you guys uh, are one of the first bands I've ever interviewed. So, you know, yes. other than that, I've just interviewed, uh, you know, friends of mine and, you mm-hmm. know, a, a couple different people. Um, actually, I don't know if you've ever heard, but... This guy may be coming on my show. Uh, have you ever heard of the Losties? Oh, gosh. No, I don't think I have, to be honest. I'm just going to be straight up right now. You know who Green Jello is? I, I do. Con- well, I mean, I do know what that is, but I don't know what exactly 
who that might be. I don't know. They were a Grammy-nominated band. Uh, oh, what? Yeah. They're what? <laughs> a Grammy-nominated oh, band. Gosh. Wow. Yeah, and he's yeah. Uh, totally down to come on the podcast. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think that'll be good for me to try to find out uh, – Know, what his story was like i mean grammy nominated that's that's huge yeah i, I gotta admit that's that's uh that's gotta be a story worth telling and i and i hear that he's got some pretty cool stories mm-hmm. and uh you know i can't wait to see you know, he's, <laughs> he's been on other podcasts too um, okay okay <clears throat> like uh cool. blog talk radio and he, Interesting. he was just on on that mm-hmm um, so I can't wait to see if, uh, when he wants to do that, I'm pretty excited for that as well. Yeah, for real. That's not, I think it sounds like you got it in the bag for a while now. If it's a couple things here. So I'm, I'm excited for you, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, congratulations. Dude, thank you. I didn't, I didn't start this podcast for, for fame. I started for the people like us, you know, that yeah feel like we have no voice. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we have a lot to say at the same time. I mean, we do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like that's why I'm saying that's why I'm so interested because you're gonna you're gonna get quite a bit out of Ivan. I feel like I. Oh, uh, <laughs> we'll see. No, it's not. It's nothing bad. It's just like it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting because I, I mean he's a, he's a, originally a native from Mexico, so it's gonna be it's gonna be something. That's sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. I really do appreciate you coming on the show again. Yes. Um, thank you for being part of my first season. And uh, I believe I'm going to close this season out with uh, 